It's a good week in terms of inflation news for the US. So after Wednesday's soft consumer price index, the producer price inflation in the US also slowed more than expected by analysts in June, fueling the expectations that the Federal Reserve's tightening is certainly coming to an end. So stocks rallied on the news and on a couple of good quarterly results as well from some big US names and the big US banks will be revealing their latest quarterly results starting from today. So welcome, this is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So you certainly noticed that we are having a great week in terms of U.S. inflation news. So after Wednesday's data showed that the U.S. headline inflation slowed to the 3% mark in June and core inflation fell to 4.8%, both numbers were lower than what analysts expected for the month of June. While yesterday's producer price inflation data in the U.S. also came in lower than expected by analysts. So the monthly PPI eased to 0.1% in the U.S., perhaps Perhaps this is the last positive figure that we will see before sinking into the negative territory in the coming months for the U.S. producer prices, and the core PPI fell to 2.6%. And one more good news is that some underlying details in this PPI report, and that including healthcare and hotel accommodations, for example, are also used to compute the Federal Reserve's favorite PC price index, which is their inflation gauche, and that will be released in the coming weeks in the U.S., which could also also benefits from the softening that we've been seeing in inflation trend in the U.S. lately. So as a result, the U.S. two-year yield fell another 15 basis points at yesterday's trading session and hit the 4.60% level, while the 10-year yield retreated below the 3.80% mark, the U.S. dollar index slipped below the 100 psychological mark, and the euro dollar hit my 112 target yesterday. So. This is, for the US dollar index, the first time that this index has traded below this level since April 2022. Trend and momentum indicators for the dollar index are now comfortably negative, yet the index hit the oversold market conditions lately, which also calls for a minor upside correction in the very, very short run, which could also give the US dollar bears some good opportunity to sell the tops as the Federal Reserve is not seen getting more aggressive or more hawkish than what it already is when inflation is slowing right now. Plus, one of the most aggressively hawkish Federal Reserve members, Mr. James Bullard, resigned yesterday. I mean, this week is really, really a bad week for the Federal Reserve hawks and a good week for all of the rest. This being said, the probability of another 25 basis point hike at the Federal Reserve's July monetary policy meeting didn't change much yesterday or throughout this week is still given more than 90% probability to happen. But the chances of another rate hike following the June rate hike in the US are now getting blurrier. So equity markets actually cheer the softening Federal Reserve expectations on softening inflation figures. So the S&P 500 extended gains yesterday and the index closed the session above the 4,500 psychological mark for the very first 
first time since April 2022, while Nasdaq 100 rallied another 1.73% yesterday. But remember, Nasdaq will rebalance the weightings at the heart of the index to actually address the over-over concentration issue of the mega-mega technology stocks. So the combined weight of the Magnificent 7, so the biggest US technology names, will be pulled down from 55% to below 40% from July 24. So that could actually add some downside pressure on the index but but now that the stock market surf on softer and softening Federal Reserve vibes well it doesn't really seem to be the time for a sizable correction for now even for the Nasdaq stocks on the contrary the rally is full swing on Amazon jumped to a 10-month high at yesterday's trading session after reporting record sales during its prime day shopping holiday. Happily, this week's inflation numbers in the US were sufficiently soothing so that the record prime day sales from Amazon didn't boost inflation expectations in the US. Mama stocks, on the other hand, were up by 1.72% yesterday. Crude oil, on the other hand, rallied past the 200-day moving average, which is near $77 per barrel level, and consolidates at around that level this morning at the time I'm talking here. Now, Supply shortages in Libya and in Nigeria are pushing the prices higher these days. But the IEA actually says that global oil demand won't rise as much as they previously forecasted. And that's due to the weakening economies of developed nations, which actually temper the demand. So the demand will increase by around 2.2 million barrels per day. So that's 2% higher. And this is 200,000 barrels less than previously forecasted. So could that help actually bring the oil bears back to the market at around the 200-day moving average level? Well, it could be because I think that the $77 to $80 per barrel resistance range in crude oil will be difficult to drill because one, well, the market is now actually approaching overbought market conditions and a key technical level like the 200-day moving average is generally a good moment to sell and two, because otherwise, you know, this rally and higher energy prices would be bad news for inflation expectations and also for the Fed. Now, one good news is that although the resilience of the U.S. jobs market remains a major, major concern and a major headache for the Federal Reserve, the stock market rally could actually be a much smaller concern. And I'm saying that today because the Federal Reserve recently launched a financial conditions index. So this is an index that takes into account bond yields, takes into account mortgage rates, the stock market, uh, the Zillow's house price index, and it also takes into account the dollar's value on global currency markets and all that to determine how the actual market conditions would impact growth in the U.S. And the index showed that the financial conditions in the U.S. became increasingly less favorable since last year and hit a peak in December 2022. In plain English, it means that market conditions, the financial conditions in December in the U.S. were more of a drag on growth than any time in recent decades, just apart from the 2007-2008 financial crisis. And at the current levels, 
While the market conditions, the financial conditions in the US remain historically unfavorable to growth, and that despite the stock market rally that we see since the end of last year. So two things. One, the Federal Reserve may be less obsessed than we think when deciding what to do about its monetary policy and its rates. Or two, well, bond yields have a stronger say in this index, at least, and the deep, deep inversion that we see in the US yield curve clearly comes out victorious in predicting the impact of the actual financial conditions on growth for the US. Now, obviously, slow economic growth is bad news for stock valuations, but investors must remain focused on earnings, on individual company earnings when deciding where their prices should go, rather than the overall financial conditions which also have their weight but not as much as earnings and we have some good news on the earnings from so far as well so delta airlines for example jumped to the highest level since april 2021 at yesterday's trading session after reporting record revenue and record profit in the second quarter of this year and after saying that they are looking at a very very strong third quarter as indicated by their guidance and that they could have a strong, strong fourth quarter as well, while PepsiCo rallied almost 2.40% yesterday after revealing a strong quarter as well, which was thanks to higher prices that they could ask from their customers as a result of inflation and after raising their sales and earnings estimates as well. So today, some of the big, big U.S. banks will also go to the earnings confessional. And we know that the big U.S. banks benefited from ample, ample deposit inflows following the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse back in March this year. But, 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 their net interest income is actually expected to have declined. Uh, credit costs are normalizing and they also have these increased expenses due to inflation. So the numbers from the big banks could be soft for the latest quarter but what will matter for investors and what will really really matter for investors is the comparison between the numbers and the expectations so if expectations are still better than the actual numbers which could be weak while well, stock prices won't be hurt and that's perhaps why Goldman Sachs is out there trying to dampen market and investor expectations so that their results can easily beat them. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Özkardeşkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your supportive and beautiful and interesting and insightful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend.